We're recording this on May 23rd, 2019 at about quarter after 7, so by the time you hear this, Pavelski has already sustained a golf-related injury. Welcome to the Battle of Alberta podcast, the hockey show that thinks Game of Thrones fans are lucky to have only one disappointing season in a decade. I'm Stuart Jones, and with me is Darren Plett. Hello. Darren, the season is almost at an end. The last two teams have been figured out. I was going to say announced, but I guess it doesn't really work that way. We have one exciting series left. But before we do that, I guess let's talk about the last couple series that happened. Yeah, last let's, not round. Get, let's not get too ahead of ourselves now. we got to break down what happened. Yeah, that'll take quite a while, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's maybe start in the east. Sounds I guess. good. What do you what do you think about what happened in the East there? Well, you recently we were talking to each other, not on the podcast. And how dare we? How dare we? I didn't know we were allowed to do that. But you noticed a bit of a trend happening in the East, and that was the team that sweeps gets swept. Yeah. So ergo, I think we can just skip right to the end here. Boston is gonna get swept by yeah. St. Louis, right? Yeah. As it so happens, the Islanders swept the Penguins and then in turn got swept by the Hurricanes. And then the Hurricanes got swept by the Boston Bruins. So following that logic, we should just make a easy mathematical prediction that St. Louis is going to take this one in four. I, I don't know why. We can just end the podcast right here, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the logic pretty, of hockey karma. That's how that works. Realistically, though, we did predict that Boston would win. Maybe not in that decisive of a fashion yeah but they looked like the second best team out of the east that they were all year and carolina i guess their magic underdog juice finally ran out as they faced a team that was probably superior to them in most facets of the game yeah i did think carolina would put up a bit more of a fight than that i didn't think they'd get swept but all in all it didn't really surprise me that boston kind of steamrolled them Something that interested me was shortly after the series was over, there was a report that Carolina was hopefully hopeful to re-sign both Mrazic and McElhaney. What do you think of that potential move by the Hurricanes? Because that seems a bit questionable to me. Why do you think it's questionable? Because McElhaney's old and Mrazic doesn't exactly have a good track record. Yes, they were both very good this year. But immediately saying, yeah, we hope to resign both of these goalies for the future, that seems like a bit of an odd move to me. Mm -hmm. Especially for a team that should be considering their options and looking to build upon what they've done instead of staying status quo. So do you think they should really only be looking at one of them as opposed to both? Yeah, I'd be shocked if they brought McElhaney back. I would think that his time even though he's been really good his time of staying with a team for more than a year at a time has probably run out he's going to be more of a desperation option at this point and Mrazic if I'm uh if I'm not mistaken is a free agent this year and I think after his performance a lot of teams are going to take a look at him and as we know Carolina is kind of opposed to paying people at or above what they deserve (laughs) to be paid so after their exit to Boston I I kind of assume that they're going to make some changes, but it sounds like they're kind of hoping to stay the same, which I think is a bit of a mistake. Yeah, maybe it's just a matter of they would like to sign them both, but as you say, they don't 
pay a ton. They're not known for their big paydays, so maybe it's kind of a wish list thing, and Razik will find luck elsewhere. He'll find coin elsewhere, as the kids are maybe not saying. (laughs) (laughs) He'll find Mad Skrilla. Yes, sure. Maybe he'll go up to Edmonton and find coin and a joyless existence as a a, uh, shooter tutor. Yeah. Up in the Great White North. Possibly. Uh, As for Boston, they're kind of just rolling along as expected. Uh, They have such a talented forward core that not only is very good at offense but it's very good at defense so to me the outcome wasn't particularly surprising sometimes you take a look at their roster and you think how are they succeeding with an old chara and uh and an inconsistent tuka rask and some older forwards but then you look a little deeper and realize they have some good young d like krug and mcavoy and yeah. they find ways to just surprise unsurprisingly surprise you is a way to put it they just chug along and then you don't really realize that they're doing all the damage they do until you watch them closely Mm -hmm. well and not to mention rask has been much more consistently reliable through the playoffs you know than he is in the regular season so I think that's helped them a great deal. And as you said, their forwards are not only great offense, but good uh, two-way. Of course, you know, Patrice Bergeron has won the award for that like 98 times. <laughs> yeah, as long past. as he's been born. <laughs> yeah, so so that's, that's definitely no surprise. And that, that makes a huge difference in the playoffs when you're playing tough, gritty, two-way battling games. And... And that's what Boston has made their game and done it well. And we'll see uh, if they can continue with that. When I think of Tukarask, I still think of videos of him throwing sticks and smashing them on the bench. He's, I still think of the hot-headed guy that came up and it was super inconsistent. But, I mean, truth be told, he's a really good goaltender. And yeah. He's, like, he's a really good piece in Boston. And he probably will be for a number of years because... He's been there for a while, so I, I'm sure they have no intention of letting him go. Oh, yeah. I would definitely be surprised if he was at all considered to go somewhere else. All right, so out in the West, San Jose uh, finally been eliminated from the playoffs after they eliminated Vegas and Colorado and four refs and two linesmen from any further playoff participation. <laughs> it's... It's pretty crazy how, like, San Jose has been on the beneficial side, I guess, of significant game-changing bad calls for all three series. The only difference is St. Louis didn't lose the series for it. They lost the game because of a weird call, but uh, they managed to bounce back from it and turn it around. Granted, the other two weird calls were in Game 7, so it's pretty hard to <laughs> turn that series around at that point. But uh, it's they've been... San Jose was uh, had some luck for them, I guess. Yeah. Not that they didn't earn the wins as well, and they didn't play hard, and they're a good team, but they've also had some interesting things go their way. Yeah, I, I guess the NHL finally ran out of refs that wanted to see Joe Thornton win a cup. So <laughs> with that, San Jose's luck ran out, but... I think like it was a good series to watch. Lots of goals, which honestly is all we really want to see, and some mm-hmm. good stories like Bennington continuing to shine. And uh, one thing that kind of stood out to me is the rise of Jaden Schwartz. He's not someone you really throw in like a star 
a list of stars in the NHL, but he's really come on strong. He, I believe he's the second most goals in the playoffs right now with 12 or 13. And I mean, that's not someone when you think of the Blues roster that immediately comes to mind, but he will after this season, I think. I think he's yeah. made his name for himself uh, this season for the Blues. So good for them for finding a star. And someone that I do associate with St. Louis as being a star is Tarasenko. I think he's kind of fallen off a bit from when he was considered somewhat of a superstar, but he's still a great player to have because that guy's an absolute truck. Like, trying to get him off the puck, I imagine, is impossible. And uh, one of the goals I saw in the highlights from the last game, he just he took the puck from the boards and he kind of just wheeled around and held off his guy and then just sniped at top corner at, with the goalie, no traffic, nothing. And it was just a perfect shot. And I was like, that's the Tarasenko that... I remember from his sophomore season in, mm-hmm. in St. Louis when he seemed unstoppable. So I think St. Louis has a, kind of like Boston almost, they have a quietly good team. They don't have big superstars, but they have guys who are quietly really good and will win for you. And I think that now that they have the coach that, I guess, helped them put this all together and a rookie goalie that's on fire, they have, they have a big chance to beat Boston, I think. Yeah, I, I think if anybody does, it is that team. Like you said, they they don't seem to have a good team if you're trying to think of superstars and whatnot, but, but they do have a solid base to build upon. Their coach has been really good at turning that team around. Like, the story of that team coming from last place in January or whatever it was this year to making the playoffs and now the finals, like, that's huge. That's that's a pretty cool story, so that would be even great if it ended even better than that. Um, so, obviously, the coach has a lot to do with it. Like you said, the goaltender, he's been phenomenal uh, throughout the playoffs especially. So, yeah, it'll be really cool to see them do well, and I think they have a chance of doing well what do you think of san jose's window to compete because as we all know joe thornton is kind of the well he's, he's the old man leader on the roster sure joe pavelski's their captain but i feel like when people think of san jose they really think of uh joe thornton first do you think that they still have a chance to go far in the playoffs after this season or did st louis kind of put them out of their misery you know it almost looks like they shouldn't have a chance like that this should be the end of that story for that team but i feel like we had this conversation last year off the record we didn't have a podcast last year but you know we've discussed this Mm -hmm. and hockey fans and media as a whole discussed this last year and the year before that and you know the for the past 10 years you know it seems like oh well this is the last year of that sort of group and yeah a lot of that has split up you know marlo ended up leaving um so it's it's not quite the same core but until like someone drags thornton kicking and screaming off the ice i like it it just doesn't seem like the end of their window um i don't see him as getting any worse i don't see anyone in that organization is saying like come on joe time to sit down (laughs) you know um i would keep if i were them which i'm not but i'd keep pushing at it i would consider that window open as long as you have those pieces in place and another thing about san jose is 
you we always think well i always think of them as the old tough slow but good team but they also draft really really well too right that's true yeah. so you know if you keep doing that and joe's as immortal as he appears <laughs> then maybe that window just never closes but who knows they as a san antonio spurs fan i guess that's kind of a hypocritical question for me to ask because the first <laughs> bit of what you said was the most eerie thing you know everyone counts them out after this season this season they're done and yeah. dragging their star player you know trying to get him off the court slash ice it's all the same to the spurs a fun stat that i noticed going back to st louis a fun stat that i noticed somewhere on social media was that all of st louis's defensemen are over six foot two and over 220 pounds not one of them is under those limits so ow i mean they're big guys they're pretty mobile defense i'd say but for those who really uh go after a fast skilled defense the nhl sure it's a fast league it always like it's just trending that way but to say that big guys or slower guys are completely out of the game i think is false especially Mm -hmm. in playoffs because yeah st louis is showing that you know you need to have big guys on your team to get into the corners and do the dirty work all those things that we've known forever and st louis is winning with those guys so i think that just shows that you can't completely discount the impact that bigger players have speed is great if every player on your roster has speed that's really good but i think st louis is kind of the poster boy for size this year and it might be one of those copycat league things where everyone's going after a little bit of size and nastiness this offseason So the finals are here now, and as I already alluded to, the teams have been selected, if you will. (laughs) Put Uh, your tinfoil hat on. They've been selected. (laughs) That's not the NBA. Come on. (laughs) So St. Louis against Boston. Good old 72 rematch, I believe, in the finals. 72. Uh, don't quote me on that. Okay. Uh, you can quote, well, don't even bother quoting me on anything, but I do know that the Blues have been in three finals since their inception in 67. And it was the first three years that they were in the league. Yep. So, Vegas, let's not get ahead of yourself. You're not that good. <laughs> and also, Vegas, be ready to wait another 50 years before you actually get anywhere. But, so, yeah, it's been a long time since uh, the Blues have been in the Cup Finals. I think, like, 49 or 50 years. They're back. They're ready for a rematch against Boston. <laughs> like we said earlier, it's... I think St. Louis has the best chance. They have shown a really good showing through all their series so far they've been a tough team to play against and while i do think boston has been just trouncing everyone in their way this is like we talked last week about how st louis versus san jose is going to be like two brick walls running into each other like i feel like we use that too soon like boston and st louis is is going to be a grind it's it's going to be an interesting one for sure but uh i think the only way st louis is going to win is that they've worked hard at every series whereas boston 
yeah, they had to do some game seven, game six, but recently they swept. Uh, game seven against Toronto. Uh, Toronto, really count, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, they haven't had to work as hard at it as St. Louis has, so they might feel too cocky about it, just for lack of a better word. So I I think that's going to be St. Louis's chance is to make it tough for Boston and make them regret their easy path. But overall, I, I do think Boston has the edge because they just seem to be the better team having an easier way of it. But hopefully, that, hopefully for them, it doesn't go to their heads. I think to me the storyline to watch will kind of be the matchup of the league's premier defensive centers because when you talk about the Selkie Trophy, which is top defensive forward, mm-hmm. as you said, Patrice Bergeron seems to win it every year, and I mean for good reason. Yeah, he's an excellent defensive forward. But Ryan O'Reilly is someone who's kind of bounced around the league. He started in Colorado, and then the Flames signed him to an offer sheet, and he came to the. Fl- oh no. No, he didn't come to the Flames. No, that was a mistake. Just forget I ever said that. He uh, he then went on to Buffalo. And when he was in Colorado and Buffalo, neither of those teams really had much success. And it was kind of floated around the Ryan O'Reilly curse. And you always heard about how he was such a good player and such a good defensive player. But the teams he was on really underachieved a lot. And then he got moved to St. Louis recently. And he's found a home there. And they're not underachieving this year by any stretch. And I think he's finally getting not just the recognition he deserves, but the team he deserves. And he's really showing. I I saw a play the other night where he saved a sure goal. And he's a centerman. He's a forward. And he was right down by the net. And he took took a goal off of someone's stick. And I think that's very impressive to me when a, a forward puts that much work on defense. And between him and Bergeron, it'll be pretty cool to see that battle because I'm sure they'll see quite a bit of head-to-head time and it wouldn't surprise me if one of them ends up being the hero but possibly in a more unnoticed way than a goal or an assist Mm -hmm. yeah I I totally agree he's he's definitely found his home uh, there and and they've found how to use him so much better than any other team he's been with in the past and it's been really cool to see him uh, kind of make use of that and really come into his own. So I, I, I love watching him play, and uh, it'll be cool to see the two of them, like you say, head to head. And uh, you're right. You know, they neither of those guys are probably gonna be seen as like the oh well he they won the series for them because there's they're both just kind of unshowy, kind of get the job done. But uh, but they will definitely be key factors in that series for sure. Do you know how long it's been since the city of Boston celebrated a championship team? I'm going to guess it is weeks that we're measuring this in instead of years. Yeah, it's 72 days. Oh, days was my next guess. Yeah, 72 days since the city of Boston had a sports team to cheer on for a championship. Yeah. So I don't think we should give them any credit. I don't think the fans of Boston deserve anything at this point. I am... I am fully on board for St. Louis to win this. They'll probably let me down. I'm used to disappointment. I'm an Alberta sports fan. But uh, I'm actually I'm just going to pick St. Louis to win it because I want them to. And I do genuinely think they have a pretty good chance to win it. I'll take them winning it in six. Ooh, and not even seven. Not even seven. And 
I go St. Louis. Like, I honestly believe that, yeah, you're in the Central Division and all that junk, but <laughs> I'm tired of seeing Eastern teams win it, and I'm tired of seeing Boston get all the trophies. That's not fair. Let another city have some fun. Yeah. Yeah, I for my prediction, I think I've said this statement probably two or three times earlier in this season but uh i hope insert name of boston's opponent here proves me wrong (laughs) but i don't see them being able to beat boston so i am taking boston in i'll say six games too i i think if boston is going to win it it's not going to be a full-on battle but if if St. Louis is going to do it, it's going to be like a grind to the wall game seven sort of thing. So I could see them coming out with it uh, on top if it goes to seven. But uh, yeah, like I said, prove me wrong. I, I totally am on your side. <laughs> Boston is like number two in American cities for number of pro championships or something like that they have way too many and that's only because new york has like nine different teams in every league <laughs> yeah so they're the only, that's the only reason they're number one but uh yeah i would much rather see st louis win but uh it, it's gonna be tough for them to do that So before we go, we figured we would uh, give a few shout-outs to some people who participated and lost in our uh, lovely league bracket for our podcast. Uh, Some good old loyal fans out there, I guess. Uh, We've already given a couple shout-outs to the successful people, so we won't talk about them today. We'll talk about them next episode when one of them is declared a winner, and we'll figure out where it goes from there. But a couple shout-outs to some of those who... uh, as were as successful as us in predicting how these playoffs would go so one of them and these are their team names so uh not individuals names one of them was uh mcdavid is not seriously injured hashtag blessed (laughs) (laughs) he did uh fairly decently for compared to everyone uh the kachuk's friendship tour the (laughs) the rudy dot one the one with the hopeful flames fan is that like a friends episode or something yeah, the, I guess the one with the hopeful flames didn't fan age well i'm sorry sir and uh and smashville was uh rounding out last place um with a whopping 10 points Oof. yep uh that runs in the family that was my brother <laughs> don't, don't put all your eggs in one <laughs> smash kit am i right yeah oh boy <laughs> So anyways, thank you all, whoever the heck you people were, for participating. Uh, I think that was a lot of fun. We would love to do a lot more stuff that gets you guys involved and communicating with us. And on that note, I know we only have Twitter because that's the only thing Darren and I even know about. I'm learning how to use Instagram. Oh. It's happening. Okay. I was going to say, if anyone listening, like, wants another way to communicate with us, first figure out how to communicate with us in one of the old ways we keep an eye out for smoke signals so that could work and then tell us how what we should sign up for and yet us so that it's easier for us to kind of have a two-way conversation with the listeners if there are any (laughs) yeah leave a comment on your podcast app or if you know us text us or hit up our twitter that we occasionally check yeah exactly Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure to rate us on your podcast apps. Our theme song is Lose Your Head by Apache Tomcat. I'm Darren Plett, along with Stuart Jones. Thanks again for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.